Yes, yes, yes. Hey guys, welcome to the Science of Getting Rich podcast. I'm your host, Gerald Peters. Always remember, folks, whatever you think about comes about. Whatever you focus on grows. Hope everybody's doing okay. So I'm in Kansas City, and I came here to visit Ashton, Ashton Noland. He's a trader. A lot of you guys know him. If you follow me on Instagram, I know most of you do, or YouTube. So we're recording for YouTube too. Um, you probably know who he is. Um, we have a very similar trading style, but we've never met in person. That's right. And so I thought we'd have Ashton on the podcast. I think we're live too in talk trading. Um, I don't often have, um, I don't do interviews much. It's mostly just me babbling, but um, I think this will be fun and, and, you know, kind of unscripted, just a conversation about Trading, we both have a similar story, we both trade similar, so that's pretty cool. Well, now it's just two guys babbling. Two guys babbling, so, right? That could be a podcast. That, that is, yeah, two yeah. guys babbling. Put that on a t-shirt. There you go. And so we're here in Ashton's trading room, which is the prettiest trading room I've ever seen. It's, it's, a, it's I mean, it's so easy to call a trading room pretty whenever there's liquor and beer <laughs> right. right next to your trading so, desk. So. Ashton has a bar in his trading room, so that's kind of cool. Um, so we were talking and earlier you said you started, well, let's back up from then. How, how old are you? I just turned 31 in July. 31. So you were born. Nin- in... July 7th, 1990 is my birthday. 1990. So in 1990, I was 20 years old. I, my brain can't even fathom that math <laughs> right now. So yeah, I was 20 years old. So that's crazy. <laughs> I, uh. And you said you started trading at 24 years old. Yep. It was toward the, I think it was November, December of 2014. So it was the tail end of 2014. It was right before my daughter was born, which was in May 2015. So go back even further. You grew up, you didn't grow up in Kansas City. I grew up in a, it's kind of a suburb of Kansas City. It's called St. Joe. Oh, so you are from here. Yeah. Oh. St. Joe, Missouri, which is about 30 minutes north of Kansas City. Uh, that's where I was born and raised, um, but I still call Kansas City my home because Kansas City just sounds so much better. Right. So, I can record. Yeah. So cool. So the wife's where's she from? Here. Oh, she is too. You guys yeah, are we, both from here. Yep. Yeah, we both grew up in St. Joe, and funnily enough, two very different paths growing up. I was the partier. She was not. Did, did you know each other? No. We, at out of out of all the places for us to meet. Uh, we met actually met at a party, and she never went to parties. So, <laughs> so much irony. There. You went to too many. Is that what you're saying? Every day, <laughs> every on every a Tuesday day. we were partying. Right. So. Which hints maybe why you have a bar in your trading room. I know it's it's a blessing in the. So you don't have to go to bars. You just right. you can just do it right here. If a bad trading day, you can have a drink. If you have a good trading day, you can have a drink or two <laughs> or two. Yeah. Yeah. So 24. I think I was. I'm trying to think when I took my first trade. 28, 29, something like that. Same, same thing. Like I got started a little bit later than everybody. I went to the army and the army's kind of like going to prison in a way. Like you have a little time out from regular world. Yeah. You know, not so much today because we didn't have the internet. I see guys in the army today and they're like, we have a, we have guys in the army. We have two Navy SEALs in my trading group, which I think is just cool. You know, that's funny you mention that because I, I've said this 
more than once. Actually, some of the most disciplined traders I know are, are military vets. Makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, so you didn't go to college or did you? No, I did. I actually, I went to college and I got a chemistry degree. No shit. I did. I was actually pre-med um, when I first started going to college. Wow. But I'm just, one semester of that, I was like, I, I can't do this for 10 more years. I'd rather uh, sit in my bar and trade stocks. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> so I went to the second best thing, which was chemistry. Not because I liked it. It's just because I was good at it. Um, but there's not many job opportunities in the chemistry field, uh, contrary to popular belief. And, uh, yeah, it's gotta be limited, right? It's it's extremely limited. Unless unless you know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. Drug cartels. That, that was my backup plan. (laughs) Backup plan, drug cartels. I'm not, I don't do well with blood. So, so did you finance college? No, I didn't. I actually got full scholarship through college. Actually, whenever I went through college, I was actually getting, I was making money in college. Because I had so much scholarship money. Wow. To where I was, I, they would cut me a refund check of wow, like nine grand a semester. A refund check to go to college. So you got paid to go to college. Yeah. And plus, I was working during college. so. I did not know that. Yeah. That, that is, uh, so we got a real I, smarty pants. I didn't, I didn't know that either. I'm just like, I thought you only got scholarship money that amounted to your tuition. If you had known that, you might have tried to get a little more. Huh? Well, well, I mean, I got a lot. Like he's like, I'm being greedy. Let me play for this. Uh, yeah, I'm Native Indian. Yeah, I, I remember whenever my wife and I first started dating, she, I was like, hey, today's refund day. Hmm. She's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, our college, which was Missouri Western up in St. Joe, um, they're going to be sending me a check for about eight or nine grand today. She's like, how is that humanly possible? I was like, well, because I have so much scholarship money, it goes over my tuition. Nice. <laughs> it's a nice problem to have. Too so, bad you weren't trading then. Oh. Actually, it's a good, probably a good thing I wasn't. You'd have been like, all AMC, all in, Dogecoin. Oh my gosh, that, that, has, <laughs> that has so much trouble written all over it. But um, I use, actually used that money because um, we were talking a little bit, little bit ago when I was in my childhood, we were moving around constantly. Right. Every few months it seemed like, and I never had my own space. So I used that money to live on in college, to have my own apartment and pay... I started paying all it's, my bills at age 17. When you said that, we have so many similarities, even though we're, I guess we almost a generation apart. Yeah. I'm 50. I don't feel 50. I feel 30 in my mind. I'm 30 and I feel 30. Right. In my mind, I feel younger. And most of the people I'm around are younger. And I feel perfectly fine to conversate with them and hang out. Like I, most of the music I like is younger. The activities I do tend to be younger. Right. I don't typically like people my own age because they're boring. <laughs> A lot of them are broke, you know, and that's what they talk about. They're not excited. This sounds really bad to say, but this is just my own personal experience. A lot of people in their late 40s, early 50s, mid 50s, a lot of them tend to be bitter. Bitter? They've lost out on things. Maybe life didn't go as well. And I have this constant concept where I'm starting over every day. Every day I'm like, damn, I got to get rich. Yeah. And like like I'm 29. And there's there's a lot to that too, because one, it keeps your mind, Mm -hmm. it keeps your mind young and, and Inevitably keeps your body young too, or younger, right? Right. Um, and I, I hate to see that in people just, you know, get to that age and just have so much bitterness and resentment or regret. That's a big one. Gary Vee talks about that a lot. Regret. I mean, that can that can just it can just drain drain your energy on a daily basis. So. Right. I, it, my fear is like, I'm 60 and I look back and it's like, man, I could have went harder. Yeah. You know, or I'm sure football players or people like that who do these hard physical things. 
man, I could have played a little bit. Like if you were, you know, think back and you played in some big games and you're like, man, I could have pushed harder. I could have worked out a little bit more. Or I, if I could just, if I could just made it one more year in the league. Right. One more know, year. Made it an extra five mil or whatever. Dude, I say that all the time. I'm always saying, I just need one more solid, good year of earning. Yeah. I've been saying that year after year. Well, it's, I, and I'm going to invest everything this year. I just need a solid year where I can just really go hard. And this exact thing is a constant, daily basis thing, especially if you're trading. Right. Because you have said this several times. I've said this several times. Any trader who's been trading in any length of period of time will say this. Even when you, li- you win, you lose. Mm-hmm. Because no one's going to catch the bottom, bottom, or sell this top, top. You may, you may do it occasionally, but not, not consistently. So even whenever you, you sell a, a great trade for, I don't know, 30 40% yield. Beat yourself up. Yeah. yeah. I get on to people about that. Like I, I try to stop it when people say it. Yeah. In my own chat room, they'll say it, and I try to stop them. Shit like, oh, this is killing me, or oh, I knew I shouldn't have trimmed that. And it's like, no, that's the rules. Yes. You need to get it's, out of your mind that you're going to catch the very it's low a, it's and a the very constant, high. It's a constant tug of war. because, right. and, that, and that's what separates meh traders from great traders is they, they, they're always reassessing their trade. Mm-hmm. Okay. I took 100 shares. I should... Shit, I knew 20. I should have done blah, blah, blah. And I so you just shit on yourself. On a winning trade, you're mad at yourself. Yeah, because I... I could have easily taken 300 shares. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but you didn't. You didn't. Or, you know, I, I shaved a 25% of my position here when the thing just kept running. I should have shaved, I don't know, a tenth or whatever. Right. So it's, there's always micro things that you can change in your trading. But what separates okay traders or non-profitable traders from great traders is they still have that tug of war, mm-hmm. but they still execute on what they need to get done. And part of that is you're not sold out to a strategy. So... Like I trade what I call the money flow. There's nothing else. Now, I'm not saying I don't have different versions of it, but when I enter that trade with that version, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And if it goes bad, it goes bad. Like, so I'm completely sold to the process. So if the rules are sell one, you know, sell 20% here or sell 10% and I do it and it keeps going, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I did what I was supposed to do. That was my job, to execute it right there. Well, and then on the flip side of that too, say you cut 20% of your position, it goes up and it keeps going up. Good. That's the plan. It's supposed to. Because guess what? You're still holding 80% of your position. So you should be happy. Right. You should be happy at yourself, not mad at yourself. Because, and I I tell this people all the time, it's easier said than done, but this is just experience talking. That is, nothing feels better than you execute a perfect trade not a no, perfect trade. It's by, like a hole in one in golf. Yes. Or a thirty foot chip that yeah. goes right in. And it's and, and my perfect trade is, could be different from yours. Right. It could be different from Joe Blow down the street. But if you have a plan, okay, I'm gonna do this, 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 and this, and you execute on all those things because your dis- discipline is up there, that is one of the best feelings in the world. Because you say, hey, that gives you the the leverage in your mind to think, maybe I can actually do this. If I say right. discipline, I can actually do this. And if you can do one perfect trade to plan, that means you can do thousands. Right. And, and, I, and I, you know, I, this podcast that we're on, I do two podcasts, but this one's called The Science of Getting Rich. <clears throat> Real original. There's other ones out there with the same, but it's you know, by Gerald Peters. But, and one of the core, the, the book has 17 chapters, and they're just like philosophies. And I try to teach them. It's like gratitude how you think is everything. There is no competition. 
and it's like states of mind, mm-hmm. you know, and, and a lot of that, that execution. And I think that's a key. And I, I was flipping through my book here and at the core of trading, I think, and, and you see this all the time, psychology, but then like, okay, what does that mean? It's not just thinking positive or it's not just like not getting upset. It's like being in tune with what it is you're doing, right? Yeah. Your whole body, your being, like I'm in tune. Like the way that I trade is actually, we were talking about this last night. Ashton said something, like he gets asked a lot, do you trade for a living? And, and then I immediately said to him, no, I live to trade. Mm-hmm. And that's a different vision. That's a different philosophy, right? It's, it's a different philosophy. It's a different way of life. It's a different style of trading. Anything and mm-hmm. everything you could possibly imagine. All, all you're doing really is flipping couple words in one single sentence. Right, because nobody- But it makes all the difference in the world. And nobody does that. There there are very few people who all they do is sit in a house, trade stocks, once a week, once a month, transfer money from their trading account to their checking account, Mm -hmm. and they do this six hours a day, and that's all they do. Even the most professional traders, like Warren Buffett, goes on CNBC, he does interviews, he has customers, he has clients, he has people that are invested. Like he does a lot more than just buy stocks. Right, Kathy Woods the same. Kathy Woods, they got administration, she's got 50 employees. She's doing a lot more she's than just trading stocks. Create, she's creating content. Creating content. She creates a lot she of content. She creates content. People yeah. don't understand that. Yeah. And I, I guarantee you she's gonna have books come out, she's gonna do this, she's gonna turn that. So a lot of these people that people look up to, they're doing it different then you can do it. Mm-hmm. And you see it in real estate too. We were talking about that earlier. So if you watch someone like a Grant Cardone, he's buying apartments. You don't do that. So it's hard to apply everything he's saying to yourself or your life. Or if you're 19 years old, you're not Kathy Woods. Right. <laughs> you know, you're not trading for a living. You're 19. Yeah. And <laughs> you need to learn to trade. I, I cannot stress this enough. I mean, People always say, you know, I, I want to make a goal. I'm in a, a job that I hate, which I empathize. I've been there. That's, right. when, that's why I first started trading. And To get to a job you like. Yes. Not to only trade. Well, no. I did it to, I, so I could trade full time. Right, right. Because right. I, like many others who follow me. At first, me, that's what you thought. I just want to trade full time. Yeah. Right. Because that's what, we're, that's, what, that's what a lot of people are sold. That it's... Usually, if it's too sounds too good to be true, it probably it's is. It's bullshit. There's yeah. very few people, and it, even prop traders, it's very difficult. Fast forward seven, almost eight years later, trading. Could I trade off, or could I live off my trading profits? Yeah, I could. I have zero desire to do that. How much harder would that make your trading? Immensely hard, right? Inf- infinitely more difficult. Right, you'd be stressed because I, I got to get this one right. If I fuck this up, and we got this to pay. Yep. You can't have two losing months. Yeah, because especially for somebody who like, is, is working a nine-to-five right now, right? they are used to making money every day mm-hmm. via the form of their paycheck, right? So then you go from that – I mean, let's think about this. You go from that to, okay, not only not making money every day, right, but losing money on a Monday. Maybe Wait, are even, you saying there are professional traders that have negative months? There, <laughs> people act like that doesn't happen. Yeah, you, you, there are there are traders out there <laughs> that who blow have, up who have negative quarters and a negative year. That is far more common than people realize. Right, and and you can have three negative months in a row and still end up positive on the year. Yeah, or 
Hell, let's uh, take another macro zoom out here. I mean, you could have a, a bad year, but you have one hell of a decade, you know? And if you're playing right, the, the right, bigger right. picture, then that bad year doesn't really mean much. It doesn't. And, that, and that's part of the dilemma. So that phrase, I live to trade, it's the same in real estate. Like I have 16 properties. Could I live off my rents? Absolutely. Do I want to live off my rents? Absolutely not. Yeah. That's the last thing I want to do. Because it puts my houses at jeopardy. It puts your houses at jeopardy, puts your, your mental stability at jeopardy. Right. And for some people, it can even, like, put your relationships at jeopardy. It, it has a trickling effect. Right. And this is why people say millionaires have Multiple. six, seven income streams. This is why, folks, because they, they know that if they combine it down to one or two, their, their stress level goes upwards, which what does that do? That takes away their focus and their freedom. So, yeah. And, and it, Think this, of COVID when COVID hit. If I was living off rents. Oh man, yeah. See, that's it's just one, it could have, just one thing can blow you out. Right. And so, could I live off my trading? Yes. So if I can live off trading and I can live off rents, oh, guess what? I still do other things. Yeah. So I'm trying to. I do like five different things to make money, and I can't. I three of them I could live off of, but here's what I'd rather have: all of them together, because <laughs> that's a lot more money. <laughs> and and it gets to the point, and I know this is. <laughs> Definitely easier said than done. Right. But if you get to the point to where you have, I don't know, six, seven, eight, nine income streams mm -hmm. and you enjoy what you do. Oh, that's even better. You have no desire to right. stop one because they all feed off of each other, right? Mm -hmm. And this is the beauty of, you know, being a, a trader, a real estate person, a business owner, you name it, and being on social media in one fell swoop because they're all interconnected and they can all elevate each other. Yep. I hear the kids. That's my daughter. Yeah, all set here. <laughs> Upstairs. <laughs> Daughter's hitting the ground running. Yeah, she's excited. Yeah, that's great, man. It's um so you started trading at 24. Mm -hmm. Now this is a funny story because we have a very similar story here. And what how much money did you start with? Man, I think so the way I started was a little bit different than most because I put all my money into an offshore broker. An and, offshore broker. And the this Bahamas. is back before we had like Robin Hood. Oh yeah. This 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 was back <laughs> in the day where people actually paid commissions on their trades, right. folks. Did you have to email them in? Are you well that's 2014, right? So yeah. you're still putting them in the computer. Yeah. Because my first, I'm picking up the phone going, I would like to buy twenty-two shares of blah blah blah. No, that's way before my Right. Time. That's when I was first trading. And no, it was this, hard. If you said it wrong, they'd say it back to you. Yeah. And if you said it wrong, they'd say it back to you. And there's a couple times I just hung up because oh. I was saying it wrong. Man. You know? My how far we've come. <laughs> yeah, it's and, so funny. And now you have Robinhood app and, on your Yeah, now it's just boop. Yeah. But I, um, no, their platform is actually really good. I like their charting system. But, I mean, they will they will rip you a new one on con So were you doing stocks first? Yeah, I was doing stocks. Because I started in commodities. Actually, that's not entirely true. Okay. Actually, the first trade I ever made was binary options. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. We got one day to be right. That is that is gambling <laughs> it's, in its purest yeah, form. One day. That's big in the UK. I don't know if you guys know about binary options, but I've played around with them. It's just straight up gambling. It is. That's all it is. It's like going to casino. Which it's, I, it's actually, I, I think it's worse than gambling, honestly. Well, you probably do better at Harris. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Which I'm up $211 if anybody cares. But I will say though, I mean, it was fun while it lasted, but it did not last very long. No, that's equivalent to like sports betting. Yeah, it is. But that was actually my first ever trade. And then, I mean, I did that for like, I don't know, two or three days. 
That's beautiful. Um, and then I put a thousand dollars in my offshore brokerage account. Thousand. A thousand bucks because they don't have the PDT rule. Right. And as a day trader. Oh, that's why you went offshore. Yes. You're trying to get around. See, he's thinking yes. he's trying to get around the day trader rule by going offshore. Yep. Because I wanted I wanted to use the leverage. I wanted to use the margin, and you can't do that here because if you, you have to have over uh, or at least twenty five grand, or else you get classified as a pattern day trader. Right. Right. And they could that opens up a box of tricks. So I did it offshore, circumvented this PDT rule, and you can put as little as 500 bucks. Nice. So I put $1,000 in, first trade, all of it gone because- You leveraged? Six to one. Six to one. So they're giving him 6,000 on his thousand. And yeah, it, and, I, and I'm, oh, by the way, I'm trading stocks with 5 million float. So these stocks are- Right, penny stocks. Yeah. And we're, this, I think the first stock I traded was about $2.50 a share. It, it went, oh. It, it, You're like, give me 3,000 shares. That's exactly what it was. And this thing, as soon as I got in it, it shot up. And I thought I was the smartest man in the world. And then about seven seconds later, it goes from, I don't know, 370 down to a dollar seventy, And it gets halted to the downside. And, I'm just, and my money's gone. Gone. Thousand in, bucks in gone. In a matter of about 10, 15 minutes. Wow. So... So you have to step back and regroup? Oh, no. Would you just put more money in? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So what was your strategy? Like, did you have a strategy? You read a book? You followed some guy? You so a I, course? Yeah, I took a course. I paid $5,000. Five grand. For a, for a day trading course. Right out of the gate. I had zero experience. Right out of the gate. So, so five grand plus you lost a grand. Yep. So now we're six grand in. We still have no money in a trading account. All of this is on a credit card, by the way. Oh, credit card. There we go. And then I put another five grand in a couple days later and lost that on a credit card. Nice. So now we're almost 10 grand in. No winning trades. Yeah. Oh, it's it snowballed very, very quickly. I, I lost about... <laughs> I have a similar story. That's why I'm laughing. I lost about 40 grand in about three months. 40. All of it on credit. Right. So I, I, I figure I've tracked at least 70,000 in losses when I first... Started. Now that's over seven years, but half of that came in the first three to four months. Oh, yeah. And then I got a little smarter and it wasn't losing quite as bad yeah. because I'd have a winner every once in a while. And then I'd be all month busting ass and be up a hundred bucks. <laughs> lose a thousand, win a thousand. Lose that's, a... <laughs> that's day trading. That's oh, a microcosm man. of day trading. I'd come in sweating, pissed, mad. I mean, I, the reason I stopped day trading was it was so emotional for me that I just realized that, okay, like one time I took flight lessons. I thought I wanted to be a pilot. This is shit you do when you're 30. I want to fly planes. I had a little money. Yeah. So I go to the airport and I go, hey, how do I fly planes? And they're like, hey, sign right here, man. They got a course. Cool. They give me all this stuff. We start the actual flying. Mm -hmm. And I have to do the touch and goes. Crazy wind comes in. Crazy. Against you? Against me. Oh, okay. Turns the plane sideways in the air. It's a little Cessna. We're driving along. It was like we got hit. <laughs> and we're sideways. And the door comes open. Oh, shit. Yeah. And we, the wind was so bad we couldn't land. And I said, you know, I don't want to be a pilot. I realized right then. It? I did not have the heart because when the shit got bad, I did not have what it took. Right. My pilot was all calm. I could see he was nervous, but he calmly landed us. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that. It sounded yeah. good until I got into one and that's, had a bad day. That's an amateur trader and a seasoned trader right, right. there. And it yeah. me, like, not everybody's designed to do everything. Like, maybe, so there's people who are equipped to day trade, and that's their personality. Mm -hmm. And there's people that are equipped to swing trade. 
position trade is like my natural personality. I like stocks that go down. Mm-hmm. And so that makes me a good position trader. Well, it's because you, you, you know, mm-hmm. and this, I mean, this isn't rocket science. You know that there's a difference between trading Twitter versus trading a stock that right. nobody knows to buy a tech at a dollar a share. Right, right. And, and just being comfortable with risk and having lost so much money and like you did going through and up and down, you just kind of get used to it. Like some soldiers just get used to being shot at. Yeah. And you know, you're, you can't be a Navy SEAL if you don't like to get shot at. Yeah. And I got asked that a lot too, is how do you handle losses? Right. I was like, it's part of business. It's, it's, it's not, I don't look at it as shit. I just lost money. Right. It's me saying, Hey, I'm like you said, running a business and I just had to pay right. my manufacturer the, the invoice. That's, that's how I look at it. Right. So if you're going to be a day trader, you got to be cool losing. Yeah. And you, you know, even a swing trader, you got to be cool getting in a trade. It starts to go and then it stops you out. And what I get a lot of people go, oh, well, maybe we need to change the plan. I know you say 70 RSI, but look, if, if I did it 65 here, it would have worked better. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but then the 30 winning trades, you just cut yourself short. Right. So you're, every time you lose, you're trying to change your plan. Right. Don't do that. Yeah. And, and that's <laughs> like... That's that's whenever I really started to gain some traction. Right. Back even when I was uh, day trading, and I was struggling so much. Is that okay? I was like, you know what? There's got to be a method to this because right. humans are habitual, especially in trading. We tend to do the same things over and over, for right. the better and for the worse. Correct. Yeah, good habits and bad. Yeah. So what I was do, what I would do, I started logging. I logged all my trades. I and I was looking at every different data parameter. Do you, do you still log them? Not anymore. Yeah, I haven't done. I haven't looked ever since I started swing trading. I, which was I don't know, three and a half, almost four years ago. I still do. I do it on. I'm sure. I mean, my listeners know the PetersReport.com, where I document, and it's usually a day late because it's not fair to the people that trade with me. Where I tell them. So I get, to answer your question. So I keep a running log. Technically, yes, I do. Right. And because I, I do that in my chat room, because what right. I'll do is, hey, if I. Sell so they could go back and look last month and see what you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every trade, if I sell it for a loss, it's in there, and I with the chart breakdown and it shows, hey, cut it here. Here's why broke broke support. This is my original plan. Boom, and then that's a wealth of. I think if someone's new, that's a wealth of study for them. Yeah, I document and I, I do these things called private articles. You know, I, I'm real original with my names, and uh, I send it, and I always feel like I bet. I don't know. Maybe I never. I've never had anyone say, "Hey, I appreciate those" or "Thank you." Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming they don't look at them. It's two years of me sending notes on the market. Yeah. So you're in the mind of a professional trader for two years, commenting and showing you trades, and it goes for like 180 pages. Yeah. And so if you're new and you come in, you could click that and you could go back for two years, all the way past COVID, yeah. of me sending these charts saying, "Oh." Oh, we got a breakout in gold. Here's our target. But then you see it break down. And then later you see me commentate on it. And so you could go through two years of me trading. And I I don't know. I've never had anyone say, wow, dude, like I went through that. If it was me, I would be digesting that. Here's exactly what I would do. And and this is is the honest truth. If I were to join my... My chat. I hate saying chat room. That's so right. overplayed. It's just what else? I mean, you know. It's just, yeah. as, as a trader, it just sounds disgusting. <laughs> but um, what I would do if I joined... Your team or group. My, I like, my I like group. group. I like yeah. the word group. Yeah. 
I would go into the chat room and I would go to my trade log, which is right. what it's called. And I would go back from the inception of the group. And see some of your trades and then pull up the chart. And, and how do they perform after And see the what was Ashton doing? What was he thinking? Like, why did you do this? And then, yeah. That's I, exactly what I would do. I do that too. So I wouldn't necessarily go over every single one because there's a lot of them. Right. But, but um, go through some. Yeah. And then you can see what's going on in your mind and, and in the market. And, and it's funny you, you, you mentioned that you never had anybody. I've never heard anybody mentioning that to me either. Right. And it's crazy. That's, and that's exactly the first thing I would, I would do when I come in. If I could see your trades from two years ago, I'd want to look at them. Yeah. And see, are you still doing the same thing? Yeah. And how has he evolved? And if you've changed, then, hey, maybe you don't fucking believe in your strategy. That's right. I'm not sure I understand. <laughs> Sorry, sir. <laughs> yeah. So that's something, guys. If you have access to stuff like that, whether you trade with Ashton or me, I see Muhammad's on here. What's up, professor? What's up, man? Sir. And... um. He does a great job of teaching his. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. So we always do some great content together. So, um, and it's different styles, right? That's what's cool. Like he's day trading. I predominantly swing trade or a uh, position trade. I do swing trade a lot, but mostly I'm position trading. That could be an age thing. It could also be. I am one hundred percent certain. Not one hundred. A thousand. The market goes higher. Yeah. Like that is not even a question for me. Yeah. So once I've understood that, then it makes it a lot of things easier. It takes a lot of stress it off. It takes a lot of stress yeah. off. Now I just now, gotta now, pick quality stocks. Yeah, if you're if you're day trading, which That's a different game. I'm 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 not a day trader. Mm -hmm. I'm a swing trader who can day trade. Mm -hmm. But there is a time and a place and a season to day trade and to when to not day trade. Right. So, um, the past two weeks I've taken a lot more day trades, but that's, that's going to be shelved for a while. Um, just cause I'm going to bow out gracefully while I'm on top. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. But it, with, with swing trading, yeah. knowing and being confident in the fact that the market does go up, right. which by the way, if the market goes up, that means individual stocks also go up over time. <laughs> that's the, that takes yeah. off so much stress. It really does, man. And me and uh, the professor talked about this when we hung up or hung out. He he doesn't like the pressure of carrying. He was drawn to day trading because he doesn't sleep well. Being like me, where I might have almost a million dollars in position trades. Yeah. And I don't have a problem with that. It he doesn't like that. Well, if he knows that about himself, then he can adjust. He can. The market will give you what you want. If you want action, you can go to buying it. Like. It yeah. has everything for everyone. Yeah. Well, I, that, that, that to me is another great ap attribute of a great trader because... Um, Knowing yourself, like, right? Yeah, exactly. What, what are your limitations? <clears throat> right. And trust me, folks, everybody has limitations. It's just a matter of what they are. And for me, I don't swing trade options. Don't do it. That's not, right. that's not what I do. I but there are it. people who do it very successfully. Yes. But you don't. No. Right. That's not... That's I, yeah, not exactly. For, for whatever reason, <clears throat> I, I know... I know Traders who are making millions of dollars mm -hmm. a year and they only do this one thing and they will gladly say, hey, this is what I do. I don't do any of this shit because I just, it, it just doesn't work for me. And that is a great place to be as a trader. I know a guy, now he works for an institution and he made his profits last year were $31 million and he gets a bonus on that. He's salaried. He trades right. for a Wall Street firm. Right. 
His personal, at his trade desk, like your desk over there, his profits were $31 million. He has unlimited money, basically. Right. Like me and you have limited capital. Right. He doesn't have that problem, unless he's losing. Because if he starts losing, they lower his capital. Right. And we've talked about that, and it's funny. It's like, okay, so if you have a losing month, what happens to you? He goes, well, if it's just one month in a string of a successful career, no big deal. The second month, they're wanting to know what's going on with you. Is everything okay at home? Because mm-hmm. they assume something's wrong at home. Very well could be. Third month, we're lowering your ability, how much you are allowed to trade. And then they come in and say, listen, you can no longer take a trade over $100,000. And then if it continues, it just keeps going down to where you're paper trading. And then if it goes up, they do the opposite. I can't say I disagree with that. And I was like, and, and here's the cool thing. Someone else is making that decision. Mm-hmm. Because they don't trust these successful traders to make that decision for themselves. Interesting. Because some of them won't. Because they'll do like we talked to. They start revenge trading. I got to get... Because they make their living trading, they, it starts to mess with their head. That is a very real thing. Right. Very real thing. <clears throat> and it, it goes back to, do you trade for a living? No, I live to trade. Yeah. And that's different. Because I, I, I promise you, because I, I, I've done it, I've lived it. And revenge trading, it's a very real thing mm-hmm. because, and especially if you're tr- live or I'm sorry, if you're trading uh, to cover your mortgage, to cover oh, your your brutal. daycare expense, whatever whatever it is, um, and if you lose, and you take a thousand shares on that trade, you're going to take two thousand shares on the next trade to get it back to recoup it, right? And then it just snowballs. <clears throat> and, and and what you probably should do is take a smaller trade. That's exactly what you should do. Right. Yep. You should, as you're losing, you should take smaller trades. Yep. And so that way you can mentally get back to neutral mm-hmm. and you're trading on a level playing field mentally and b- before you can actually start get back to break even or profitable right. or whatever. And that's seeing the big picture, right? We're trading for life. Forever. I'm going to be an old man. Eh, give me my swing trade. Like that's what I plan to be. That's why. That's what I tell so many people. And I, I'm not. I'm not the oldest guy. I'm not the youngest guy either. But I, I, spell, I especially tell these young cats, who are my age or younger. Why do you want the money now? Right. Why? Because statistically speaking, over your first twelve months, you're going to be in the red. Right. If you happen to be in the black after your first month, take yourself and your wife out to a nice steak dinner because you earn it. Because you're in, you're in rare company. My rare friend. company. So. But let's say after one year, and I was telling telling the guys this last night, after one year, let's say you you lose a little bit of money. All you're focused on is the money that you lost, but what you should be focused on, like I just spent 52 weeks in the stock market. Right. I had 52 weeks worth of experience under my belt. I just turned 22. Right. For crying out loud. Oh, so man. now you have a year's worth of experience under your belt, and by the time you're 25, you're going to have three, four, five years of experience in the stock market mm-hmm. and, and just put the, uh, your, use your terminology. It's fractal, right? Fractal. And by the time you're 40, right. you spent half of your life in the market. That, that experience is invaluable. The money will take care of itself eventually. So a 40-year-old who's new coming to the market versus a kid who started at 20 who's now 40, who has 20 years of experience, yeah. if he literally did it the right way. And stays on that. It's it's in the difference is night and day. Oh I mean, my gosh! It, it, it's, it's, you, I don't even think you can even put a number on that. Right. And it took me seven years to get there, and I didn't have people on Instagram and YouTube. There were some. 
originally I was ordering shit out of the back of magazines. Like, so the, the, the connection to people, but it's, I almost think it's at a disadvantage because a lot of people that I talk to and I go, well, who are you following? Oh, I'm following this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy. I don't, I'm a professional trader. I don't know who any of those people are. Right. And I don't give a shit. I get that all the time too. I don't give two shits about all these people you just named because I'm watching gold, not them. Right. I'm watching oil, yeah. not them. And, and there's, there's also another, uh, one of the greatest feelings is that you get to the point to where you, you don't pay attention to what we were talking about this last night. Right. How many traders do I actually respect? I asked you, how many traders do you follow? Three, or know? four, like, maybe. And, and it's because you're friends with them. Yeah. Or, and I'm not saying don't follow any. So I don't want people to misunderstand. Like guys like, well, fuck you. I won't follow you then. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and and I, I get that. And maybe that's the right move. Maybe you don't need to follow me. Yeah, and it's because I know them personally, and I know right. how they trade, and I know them on a personal level. So that, there's that element to it. And I don't even know what stocks you're in. I, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing you don't know what I'm in. The other day, I was talking to uh, the professor, and he asked me for my top three picks. Yeah, yeah. And one yeah. of mine was the same as yours. What was it? Roku. <laughs> yeah. And we don't even we weren't even talking. Yeah. Man, how is that possible? There's 9,000 stock, or not, I think there's like 5,000 now. But why is your top three one of my top three? It's weird, isn't it? It's weird. Yeah. Like minds, think alike, right? Yeah. So it, but we didn't need to talk to each other to have that. Yeah. And, and I, I, would, I would imagine if somebody sat us down and said, Gerald, give me your top 10 favorite stocks to trade. Ashton, give me your top 10. At least about half. Or half so, of them. About At half. Least. And there's probably one or two. I'd have you like, I've never even looked at that. There'll be one or two of you have it. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. Right. And it's, it's not just because we're buddies. Right. It's not because we trade similar it's styles. We're watching. But there are a lot of swing traders that if you ask that same question. Right. They would also have a lot of our overlap. Right. Because. For sure. You know, we, especially if you've been in the market for a long enough period of time. Um, the you, world narrows in. Yeah. The more and more you watch it. So I follow about 150 stocks every day. And I'm not going to say I sit and spend eight minutes analyzing every chart. It's like a lot. Yeah. And a lot of times you scan your account and you see, oh, tech's breaking out. I don't need to go look at every tech stock. I know what they're doing. Right. You know, and I just, but I usually have my, I'm narrowing down on a few. Like right now, I do this little, you, you might try this. I don't know. You may already do it. So in my newsletter, I've started doing this and I don't know if anybody notices because nobody fucking comments. So... I don't know. That was my little dig at them. Since you guys don't fucking comment, I assume you're not listening or paying attention or anything, and I'm just wasting my time. But I do it for myself mostly anyway. I recap the week at the beginning of the letter. Yeah. And I say, last week, Bitcoin is breaking out above the 20-day moving average. We see tech selling off and the spy, and I do this little write-up mm -hmm. that's from me, not reading Barron's, not reading, I don't care what they say. Right. It's me looking at what I call the big six. And I make my little right, and then I go, oh, my new position in hood, I'm gonna look to add to that this week. And I tell everyone my game plan. I do the exact same do thing. Do you? Okay. I do, I, every Sunday. Um, normally I'll do like a live over my, over my watch list and say, okay, here, here's what I'm watching. And I'll break it down to the fact where, okay, I'm also watching my investments. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's what I may add to for my long-term holds. Right, I do that too. And here's why. And it's usually one or two that I'm looking at. For me, this That's, week has been AG&C and AT&T. Yeah, because people are like, you don't really change your, your investment watch list that much. Like, That's 
That's the point. They're called investments. They don't change much. Yeah, because I... I'm not going to have Tesla, which is an investment for me, right. my watch list if it's up at $800 a share. Right, I'm done looking at that. I mean, I'm going to just leave it be. Yes. And now I'm adding to whatever one's available. And now, and then I'll also break down my, my trading watch list that has, at the top it says, uh, stocks that I may be taking profits in. Right. Which, uh, SRPT, is, it's hitting my first sell target. Um, shaving, I'll shave off a fifth on Monday or Tuesday. And then below and that. all that is is a mission plan. For the week. Like a business plan. Yeah. But Monday opens Dow down 500. That plan could go out the window. It happens a right. lot. Right. And you go back and read my report and I'm like, and this dude was talking about this and this. And I'm like, yeah, based on last yeah. Friday, that's what I was thinking. I, I, I mean, get, I get asked went a lot. shit on Monday. I get, I get asked a lot. Hey, Ashton, um, I'll use Zillow as an example. Uh, I've, I've been are you in Zillow? Zillow? I've been in Zillow for... Yeah, Zillow's... Let me use my terminology. It's killing me. I've been in Zillow for about a year. It is pissing me off though. Zillow is not moving. Well, I, I just said I just said yesterday on it's either yesterday or Thursday. I said this, this this stock is not making any sense to me, dude. Open is going up. I know. And Why it's about is to pop. Zillow not it's going, about to pop. You think Zillow is about to pop? No, That's, I know. I think Open's about to pop. Open and Opens can go a lot higher. I saw Chris Johnson, my friend, throwing around big numbers. Did you see what he put out? On, he bought two thousand shares of Zillow. Do the math. Oh, okay. It's a $90 stock. Was that 200 grand? 200 grand. So he's being big and flashy. I was going to tease him about that. That's all right. I bought 12 shares. Yeah, the, the thing about... It's Z fractal. The thing about Zillow, though, um, it, it depends on how Chris is handling it, but right. the thing about Zillow, I mean, it's just doing a slow bleed. There's no consolidation. But here's what happens, and this is for you guys, this is for me, this is for Ashton. Let's say I'm following Chris real close. Mm -hmm. He just bought 2,000. That means I gotta. That means I should buy some. That means if I have 20,000 in my account, that means I gotta right. put all of it on Zillow. Right. Maybe I should go all in. Yeah. That's what happened. So I, 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 I use the term a lot highest conviction, and I only have one stock on that right now. It's Uber. I don't throw that term around loosely. I like a lot of other stocks. I love Roku. That's just one of my go to. It's like a friend of mine. Like, it's not my highest conviction. My highest conviction is the one that I think. And even at the highest of convictions, it's 8% of my trading account. That's – we talked about Kathy Wood last night. Right. And Kathy Wood, folks, her highest conviction by a wide margin is Tesla. Tesla does not make any more than 10% of her overall portfolio. Right. And you have so, to limit that. So if Tesla goes up – Right. To where it makes up 14% of her portfolio. That's when she starts selling off Tesla shares to get it back down to 10%. So back to you're 24 years old mm -hmm. and you went not only 100%, but 600% into your first trade. Because <laughs> you're levered six to one. <laughs> I would say I did 600% for my 600%. first. 600%. For my first. So not not 8%. No. But if you would have done an 8%, then you would have just lost like 100 bucks. Yeah. And you'd still be trading. Right. So what Why we're saying is legitimately true. Yes. So everything. My wife I, is upstairs. You right. can go and ask her. Right. This is real. And this is what I try to tell people. <laughs> the guys, the stuff I'm telling you isn't to slow you down in life. It's not to confuse you with a bunch of stocks. I just believe you catch more fish with more poles in the water. I said that exact same thing to my wife three days ago. Catch more she, fish with more poles yeah, in the yeah. water. Yeah. She said, she said, how, how do you, how do you function? Like right. You have so many things going on. Right. And just and she said, you know, just just trading stocks is stressful enough as it is. I'm like, yeah, it can be, 
But I said, I like to have, think of this table. I use our table upstairs as, as my example. Think of this table as a pond. Right. If I'm sitting here just with one fishing pole. You might catch one. Yeah. You, could. You, you, you may be waiting there a while. Maybe waiting. You may, may not catch anything. But if I have nine fishing poles in the water, right. I'm far more likely to catch at least one fish. Right. Even if it's a little one. I'll take little ones all day. Right. I'll take $100, $200, $800, $900. I don't need a $10,000 winner. I can stack them up. I'm, I'm glad you touched on that. because I want to talk about that too. And um, I, t I tell my group this. I'm going to drink all your Stellas if that's okay. Have at it, man. <laughs> Hey, liquor stores right down the street, so we're good. Um, I talk about this with my group all the time. Ashton, why, why did you cut this position and it's only a four percent gain? Right. I'm like, all right. You have to have. There's two two things to this. One, you have to have perspective. The S and P on average yields eight or nine percent in a year. Right. So you did that in a week or a month or, or whatever. Month. Right. Okay. If you do 4% in a month, that's 48% over a year. Right. Not too bad. So there's that. The second thing is, if you're too good for a 4% gain, you don't deserve the 40% you're, you're an gains. idiot. Yeah. And I, pro I promise you, the longer you're in the game and you rack up the 4 the 6 the 8% yields, you'll get the 90%. If every trade that I took gave me 4%, I mean, let's, be, let's say, because I got like, I'm a maniac. I probably have 40 open trades. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I have more than anybody can follow. So what I tell people is also I've been doing it 20 years. So don't let my mastery confuse you because mm -hmm. I consider myself a master and I don't mean to be arrogant. I'm not saying I'm the best trader in the world. I'm a master at what I do. Right. And maybe what I do is not the best, but what I do, I'm good at. And so if you were just joining me, don't try to do that. So if I put out a message and say, hey, I'm buying this, then buy a little of that yep. and just walk in with me. And over the next six, seven months, all of a sudden you're going to have 20, 30 trades going right. in a, a reasonable, logical fashion. And we're also going to be selling some and taking some down. Don't try to go in there and just be like, oh, I want to do like Kim and put 85 poles. Like if you bought a fishing boat and you tried to put out 19 things and you see those professional yeah. fishermen, you'd... Probably tangle you, your poles. If and, you do that whenever you're first starting, you're just you're just spinning your wheels. You're spinning your wheels, and so the um, position should be small. So, I, I, ten shares. One question that, that I would imagine somebody asked on on this live or is going to answer over this podcast is, if you had to give one piece of advice for a new mm. trader, what would it be? And I said, well, there's two different kinds of advice. There's practical advice, or more like psychological, mental advice, right? But practical advice. Here's what I would do. You have 40 open trades. I think last time I counted, I'm sitting around 30, mm. 30 to 35. That's my sweet spot. Go to your point. Should a new trader look to build up 30 different swing trades? No, you will overload yourself. Right. But I do. And do you want to start with one trade? No, I wouldn't even do that. Right. I would start with three to five. So that way you can start working on the steel. Now, when you say three to five, all of your money in three to five? No, no. That's what people do, though. No, no, no. Let's say you have ten grand in the bank right. to it, trade with. Be a thousand dollars in this one, thousand in that one. If that, if that, five hundred in this one, so that you can build it out over time. Yes. Yeah. And well, and plus, if you have ten G's in the bank, you haven't earned the right to use that full ten G's. <laughs> Why don't you build up the proof of concept for yourself first, mm -hmm. and then put five hundred and one, five hundred and five hundred, fifteen hundred total. You build those up to a thousand a piece. Then over time, you need to. Try to build it up to the 10 grand so that way you can prove to yourself that you can do it. And then, oh, by the way, 
you have an additional 8,500 in cash. That Ready you can, to go. Yes. What he just said is a super valuable, con that business, what you just said there is business. So if you ever watch Shark Tank, all they're looking for is proof of concept. Yes. They don't know. Have you sold any? If you don't have they don't care about ideas. You don't have proof Everybody's of concept. Everybody's got you ideas. You don't have anything if you don't have that. Right. I get kids that come to me all the time with ideas. I'm like, dude, everybody's got ideas. Mm -hmm. Have you sold any? Yeah. Or I want to be an influence. I want to do this. Do you have any followers? Like, let's... I, I have a guy you made other, a single piece of right, content? Right. I had a guy the other day. He's got an idea for a course, and he wants to start selling this course. And I'm like, why would I buy it from you? And he was like, well, you know, I'm like, seriously, man, you're nobody. Like, I'm nobody. Nobody knows you. They're not going to buy anything from you. Right. If you're a car salesman and no one knows that, they're not going to buy a car from you. Yeah. So your first job isn't to sell me a car. It's to get me to know that you sell cars. Right. So, right? Like, you need to – so I can't sell you a book if you don't know me. So instead of creating a course and trying to make money, why don't you let people know that you know some shit? Yeah. And how about, oh, I don't know, instead of thinking of yourself, right. why don't you try to provide some value? Right. And I told him, that's how you sell books. That's how uh, Matt, he's probably on here, our, our, our favorite CPA accountant. Is he a CPA or accountant or both? I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to ask you on that, Matt. And I make fun of CPAs, and I'm obviously not talking about you. I apologize that we don't know that, Matt. Okay. Right. <laughs> I meant to apologize to him last night because I do make fun of CPAs a lot, and, and I don't mean that personally. Well, we're traders and we get made fun of a lot from the right. outside world. I get made so, fun of all the time. If you saw my DMs, people make fun of me, man. They make fun of you. It's all part of the game. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, so, and I know you gotta, you gotta take your daughter somewhere, right? We said we'd wrap this up at two or right. before two in a few minutes here. Um, we're good. We're, uh, we got some good stuff going here. So, so don't leverage yourself. I beg people. Here's what I would say. If you're a new trader, I tell them all the time. If you're a brand new trader and if you were to give me a year, and I wholeheartedly believe if you gave Ashton a year, just him, in a year from now, you're going to be better. You're going to be equipped to trade. Sure. If they gave just me, if you know what you're doing and you're in multiple groups, I get all that. I, my brain can't comprehend that. So sometimes people ask me, did you see what Chris said? No. Yeah. I'm looking at what I said. Or what we're doing, or what people in my group said. I don't. I can't look at what everyone else is saying, and and I'm sure you have the same thing. It's like, did you see what Gerald said? No. Yep. You don't have time to see what I said. You've yeah. got your own shit going on, and right? It, I, I I get even things like, did you see that the options play that so and so put? Because because they right. know they know I'm friends with so and so right. on on Instagram or whatever, and we are friends. But when we and you talk, we don't usually talk stocks. We're stuck. Rarely. Right. We talk other things. Like if, if you and I have an hour conversation on the phone, we may talk about a stock, a one single stock. It's maybe usually for, other stuff. For about five minutes right. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Because we both know what we're looking at. Um, it, yeah. And if somebody comes, you know that I, don't, I, I do do options, but I do it very, very, I don't trade them. Right. Okay? I call it salt and pepper. Yeah. You try so, a meal, maybe put a little salt on it. Maybe I put an option on that trade. Yeah. It, but you know I don't swing trade. Options. Out of the money call option. So why would you even <laughs> ask me that question? So it's like, yeah, it's like, no, I don't have a comment on why they're doing that. I don't know why. I mean, for all I know, they're short and they put bought a call option to offset the loss in the short. Like, I don't know if people understand this. The market is very dynamic, and you could be in a short position. And if you start to get nervous about it, rather than cover it, you could get call along a call option. That's 
That's right. smart trading. Right. Honestly. And so if you just see, well, Ray Dalio, uh, he said blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, first off, you don't know everything Ray Dalio is doing. Right. And so don't just take it on its face value. You right. know, we were talking about that with Kathy Wood selling Tesla. We were. Yep. And they're like, oh my God, she's selling Tesla. And I'm like, yeah, because her Tesla position is freaking enormous. Yeah. And it's called her <laughs> being smart and doing right. some risk management. She doesn't want 20% of her portfolio in one stock. That's why I say <laughs> Kathy Wood is a – how do I want to phrase this? Kathy Wood is a massive swing trader. She really is. That's dude. what she is. Dude, in our group, we joke around that she has my book. And it's not my book. Like, she, I really believe she's looking at the RSI or, or their own proprietary indicator. Uh, my guess is that she probably has her own indicator, but she, I mean, she has to be looking at, at least not cat, her, definitely her analysts. Because she has, for sure. well, that's the other thing. So, people, I want to be a professional trader. Really, how many analysts are you going to hire? Oh, you're not hiring analysts because every professional trader I know has actual employees that they analyze pay. stocks. Yes, that's all they do. That's all they do. They go in at 7 in the morning, right. at 7 at night, and that's all they do. Right. So they have actual people who all they do is study tech. And I've tried to create that in my group where we have a go-to crypto guy. Mm -hmm. This guy knows everything. Here's the problem I run into. Once that guy knows everything, me and him argue. Yeah. <laughs> you, get, you get to see the problem? Yeah, or, or I, they, I've, I've ran into a couple you, you of You know what I'm saying? Yeah, or oh yeah. this person knows tech. I mean, they know it. And then they start to override the money flow because they're so smart, mm -hmm. which makes me not like them because yeah. they just overrode my trading strategy. I need you to know tech inside of the money flow, right? not know tech better than the money flow. And, and that confusion can – because your fundamentals can be right, but right now it's going down right? because the, the stock is going down. Yeah, it's, it's – you know, if you got something good to offer me, mm -hmm. like a, a great trade, a great uh, trade idea, a great fundamental breakdown, right? I I will love to look at it because I I'm humble enough humble enough to say, hey, this I I may have missed something here. Sure, but <laughs> still gonna look at the chart. If you if you <laughs> if you come to me with your chest a little puffy, yeah. Um, yeah, it's you tough, can take man. your analysis somewhere else. It's tough, man. And, and, I, and the reason why I do And I have that, a hard time working with other people, so that's partly my own fault. Well, the re reason why I do that personally is because you carry that mantra to the market. Right. The market's going to bitch slap you much harder than I could ever do emotionally to you. So um, it's more me of what, uh, doing a, like a Mr. Miyagi thing, you know. Uh, oh, the time involved. That, that's what I'm saying. It takes time like for me to even respect you. So if, if I just met you and you're a trader, I don't believe you. <laughs> That's my first, you know, I because I've met so well, many people. Well, statistically speaking, I mean. So many people are full of shit. Yeah. And it's going to take time for me to believe you. Right. Well, it's just like getting, I mean, you go on a first date. Right. right. Most influencers, when you post something, I think you're lying. Most of them are. Right. Oh, I've met so many because my son, he had all these and we would fly to California and I had no followers. And I got to see in that world of people that had a million followers. And I'm thinking, dude, their house is going to be the shit. I'm thinking this. Mm -hmm. We fly to California. This person's on Instagram. I'm looking at their YouTube and they look like ballers. Mm -hmm. We get there, man. It's a shitty little apartment. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Happens and we walk in and there's this beautiful set. And the rest of the house is like, they're like in just a normal person. Yeah. It's all bullshit. Yeah. 
And I'm looking around. I'm like, I have more money in this person, and I'm nobody. It's it's, it's so easy. It's so easy to throw throw, throw a couple filters on something. Rent right. this, rent that. Yeah. I was shocked, man. And, and here's the thing, too. People who do that kind of shit. I thought that about you, man. I mean, I didn't think that, but in my mind, I'm always thinking. I'm like. I'm going to get over here, man. This dude's going to be living in a shack. And he's, <laughs> like, we're going to go down in there and it's going to be like this weird shack. And it's going to, and I'm, you know, that's what I'm thinking. Right. And you got this beautiful well, because home. Because you, you've seen it before. I've seen it. And I get over here and it's this beautiful house with the, it's got this wonderful trading room. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay, I, okay, you know? Well, yeah, it's funny uh, for, for everybody listening and watching. He, Gerald shows up to the house and, um, yeah, what did you say to me? Um, oh, shit. I even asked the, the guy, I was like, are we at the right place? Oh, yeah, yeah no, no, you asked, me, you asked me, have you ever, have you showed your house on, on, on your Instagram? Right, I was like, bro, you should I'm, be showing like, this off, man. I'm like, nah, I mean, I've, I've done glimpses of it, but, um, oh, there's the babysitter, that's my mom. Okay, are you in trouble? No. Okay, no, so Ashton has a beautiful home, beautiful, um. Beautiful trade room. Like this is the this is what you want for a trade room, man. For real, it's it's, it's a one stop shop, man. Plus, right. it's a, make it a movie night. It's great great for the family too. So. Right, and um, I'm already thinking. I was telling you about the place that I bought in New Orleans. It was a bucket list house, mm -hmm. and I'm already thinking I want to buy the one next door. Yeah. For my quote office, which is really my trade room, video room, interview yeah. people. Like I'm thinking Instagram. Right? right. Yeah. I'm like I need more room. I need to span this out, man. And, um, no, I I love that man. Yeah, that's and, what. And, and to your most basic fundamental principle, what you think about comes about. Comes about. What you focus on yeah. grows, man, and it just takes time. Time, patience. I told those kids last night. I was sitting in the hotel, and I was like, I shouldn't have said that. That's probably a weakness of my own. Like maybe maybe I'm insane. Like you ever think that about yourself? Like maybe yeah. I'm off my like. Well, sometimes <laughs> I, I told them if if. Well, I, I used a bizarre example. I said, if, what was I saying? Oh, I said after sex, if some, well, excuse me, That's somebody right. walked in. If stock tickers don't pop in your head, maybe you're not that obsessed. Yeah. Like my point to that was at the weirdest, craziest times when everybody else is doing something like the kid is opening the Christmas presents or mom is here and all these things are going in your life what about twitter like that's what's going on in your mind right yeah it, it's there have been several <laughs> several occasions in, in the most inappropriate of times your brain's thinking i wonder where bitcoin is there have been several occasions where i'm just like i have this big lofty goal and i'm just like i'll sit in solitude and think right what the fuck am i thinking right why shouldn't i be here like not thinking about bitcoin right now like just two days ago i was all pumped and excited about this but now i'm just like mm -hmm. uh, that that that's a big one. It's a that's, big one. But I mean, we but talk. Think about everyone who's successful, like in a big way. They're obsessed. Elon Musk says this all the time. They're obsessed. He said uh, something along. I'm paraphrasing here, but he said something along the lines of, um, you know, the only way that we're going to be able to live on Mars is to actually think that we can actually live on Mars. Right. You know what I mean? And that's true. But because let's say let's say you shoot for a thousand. Right. And let's say you land on 842, just using right. weird numbers. You got pretty damn close. Maybe the next guy picks it up and gets you there. Right. And as we wrap up, I was thinking, this is a, something a kid asked me last night at our meet and greet. We did a meet and greet last night. We're doing another one tonight. And he said to me, it's about pulling money out of your account. And this is a complicated subject. I struggle with this all the time. I struggle with this too. And I told him, 
I use the term maturity. I don't know if that's the right term. I just don't know a better word. I found, I started out and I, I had to get to 25 grand. Day trader rule, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Bunch of times, way below it, got to put money in. Get above it, way below it, got to put money in. And eventually I catch a run. And I run to like 60,000. Mm -hmm. And I'm, hmm. And what I found out in that, that bouncing, is once I doubled and I did a big run, I started trading weird. Oh, I made all this money. I'll take a chance. I'll buy the AM. Like shit I would never do. Yeah. I would start doing. It's yeah. house money. It was almost like it was free money, and it's not. You earn that money. Yeah, and it's, it's and there's no free money. It's your it's your it's your brain of justifying. Hey, if I go back to zero, I technically didn't lose anything. I technically like, didn't lose. Like, no, you did. You start saying dumb things, right? And I began to realize, okay, if I'm over fifty, I need to pull some out because I do better when I'm trading hungry at fifty, because yeah. I don't want to go below fifty. Right. And if I go below fifty, I got to put money in. That's I get asked that a lot. Do you do I ever pull money out of my brokerage account? Yes and no. Right. Yes, I pull it out, but only it only like I'll, I'll I don't I like to keep mine around a hundred thousand. I'll build it up to one hundred and fifty. Once I get that, I'll pull out fifty off the top. And I'll the only the only place that money goes long term holds. One of my businesses, my right. wife wife's business ventures that she wants to do, or real estate in the future. That's it. That's it. I don't take 50K out to go buy a damn boat. Right. And so it needs to be things that are going to move the family forward or the family really needs. So twice, no, three times, I've pulled out money and wrote a check for a car. We need a car. I don't yeah. want to make car payments. Right. I made fifth, like this about two years ago, I think it's 2019, I made $75,000 trading. Or yeah. I, I say made. My count was up 75 grand. And I pulled out and I paid cash for a $25,000 car for myself. Mm -hmm. That hurt. And then- Is that the- uh, The Challenger. The Challenger, yeah. And then here's the thing, he had saved up to buy it. And I made him, he was gonna buy it. And we had this long, I was like, you buy your own car? And he was so proud he was gonna buy his own car. And right as he went to write the check, I was like, put that shit away, man. Put it in your E-Trade account. We transferred his 25 to E-Trade and then I stroked a check for the car. And I said, but the deal is your 25 is gone. Yeah. And so, you know, he, I love that he put it in E-Trade. I didn't tell him I was going to do it, but because he had the money and I said, you're still losing the money because I know what he was going to do. He's like, oh, free money. I'm going to well, go spend it. I bet, I bet he looked at that as like, shit, there really is power. To, I have a $25,000 right. chunk. There really is power for me picking up that full money where I was going to blow it, blow it and putting it into a brokerage account. Right. And so we did that. And then. Then I bought my wife a car, stroked a check, and then recently I did it with my truck. But even though I took those hits, the account has, you know, over time it goes up, it goes down, it goes up, but that base keeps going. And now I'm at a state where I'm at about 200,000. Mm -hmm. And I had this epiphany the other day. Maybe I'm a quarter million dollar trader. Maybe my new minimum new is 225. And if I'm below that, I'm looking at adding. And you're like adding money. You're gonna add. You got 225. Yes, yeah. I'm adding because that should be my base. Yeah, you know, they're getting down up there. But let's say it runs to 275. I pull it out and buy a house, right. a rental property, yeah. and I keep starting over at 225. Yeah, and I, I, for the life of me, I cannot even comprehend. You know, using the same system that we do, we build it up, we take some out, but mm -hmm. we put it into an appreciating form of some kind. Right. I can't even fathom taking out that money to go pay your mortgage or your utility bill, your phone no. bill. 
And I've never done that. And I think if you do that, you're gonna have a very hard time getting the number bigger and bigger and bigger. You're not compounding. You're not compounding. That's that's the end result. Yeah. And we started in the beginning talking about trading on margin. I know a lot of you guys are on margin. And I get this question all the time. How do I get off margin? Close the account. Mm -hmm. There's no other way. Yeah. Oh, but there'll be a few days where I don't get to trade. So if that bothers you so much, open a new account and fund it. Well, I fund it. Right? You shouldn't be trading every day anyways. Yeah, I know, but there's people out there who do. Fund the new account and then get off margin by closing the old account and replace the money that you funded the new account with. I mean, that's the easiest way to get off margin. Yeah, I mean, you gotta rip the band-aid. Right, and I do have a margin account. I don't want people to think I don't, but it's my smallest account. So I have my trading account broke up in three accounts and my largest chunk of money is pure cash, my money. Yeah, I have mine, mine's on margin too, but I was actually telling Matt earlier, earlier today, even when I do use it, one, the market's got to be bleeding. Right. Two. Timing when you do it. Two, I don't use it. Even I mean, I have a, up to a million dollars worth of margin available. Do you? I mean, why? Do you ever think about like, wow, like Coca-Cola yes. got hit. If I went yes. all in on Coke, because that was not going to zero. All the time. If I, I do this all too, the time. I think, man, I could buy 500,000 shares of Coke or some crazy number, you know? Yeah, and because the interest that you borrow would be paid right. by your dividend. Right. Yeah, I, I, yeah, all the time. Yeah, your brain, you can't help it. Or write some cover calls and cover the difference, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I think on this all the time. I thought the other day I was thinking, I need to get off these stocks that are in my margin account, get it clean, put some more into it, mm -hmm. get it fat and juicy, and just wait for the killerest of all dividend stocks to miss earnings, <laughs> come down and set up on that stage one. I mean, I... Dow, a 3M, you know, something like that. Some quality company, a Procter & Gamble. Yeah. You know they're gonna miss. Yeah. And then just go, <laughs> 250. I think about that, but that's absolutely what I would tell you not to do. <laughs> that, but your brain still yeah, thinks that way. I, I, literally, I think about it every day. Yeah. So but I'll just like, you know, it's, it's the, the traumatization of my day trading days. It's just like, <laughs> right. the moment I do that, something will go haywire. Right, like the CEO had a bit embezzling money and, right. and it's been a Ponzi scheme. That would be my luck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you would have blown out breaking your own rules. Right. When you knew you should have done better. And then what Then, then what kind of content are you going to create? Uh, hey guys, uh, <laughs> I'm how, out of commission. How I lost a million dollars. <laughs> I bet a million dollars that I did not have at the time. Right, I bet a lot of people would watch that. <laughs> so... Yeah, so that was our, we both had the similar story. We both lost a lot of money in the beginning trading. If you've lost a lot of money, you're, you're in good company. We all have. It's going to take time. You need to find a strategy. And it's stick to it. Stick to it. And if you can find an influencer or someone that you can identify with who's trading a strategy that you like, cool. Be careful following a bazillion people. Because I get this all, well, I'm just trying to learn. No, you're just confusing yourself. I don't think you can learn 50 freaking strategies when you haven't mastered one. Yeah, um, and that's the problem with YouTube. You YouTube how to trade stocks, you will get tugged in a million and two different directions. Right. And, I, and I do this thing called the 10 pillars of success. Someone buys a book from me, I send it to them, and one of the pillars is never stop learning. But I think people think that means new things, and I don't mean learn new things all the time. I mean, you wanna learn new things. But I do mean learn more about the one thing you're doing. Yeah, because if, if you're if you're trying to learn thirty eight hundred different things at once, you're right. not learning anything. So you have, especially as a trader. Like we were talking with Matt. I don't know if he's on here. 
he does a, in my opinion, a very sophisticated option strategy of selling covered calls and then there's condors and there's all these things. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't do that. If I did do that, I would buy 20 books on it. I would deep dive it. I would spend months. You, I mean, I would watch it play out. I would take it with tiny positions. It'd be like, uh, it's like, it would take me six months to master. It's like a like a pit bull. You bite on something, you don't you don't let go. Of right. It. I'm would, the same way. It would take me six months before I would even begin to commit money to it, like real money. Well, it's, it's comparable because I use I'm using a new tool called the Squeeze Pro, and before I even talked about this with anybody, I behind the scenes practiced it, and I was actually paper trading with it because I wanted to test right. it out. For, right, you know, right, right, right. Um, I, I did that for about a month and a half before I said a word to anybody about it. Um, yeah, and I test things all the time. And I just don't talk about it. Yeah, because people will do it because I said it. You know, right? And I'm like, I don't know if this shit's gonna work. I'm just playing around with this. You know, right? Yeah, and and you want to do that, but that's based on a bunch of years and being able to spot bullshit when I see it. Yeah, and and what is real? And I've been through a bunch of crashes, and I've been through like a lot of these. You know, I've worked out a lot of things. I mean, it's. it's it's a, it's a very different conversation to have whenever you have a very firm, solid, wide base and foundation, and right. then you, you're just adding an, an extra layer into into your your right. strategy or your business or whatever. That's a completely different conversation. Whereas if you're first starting out, you don't have that foundation, and you're just you're the dog in traffic, you know, trying to chase cars. After six months or a year, you've made zero traction. Zero, and so. you, and you haven't mastered anything. You just know a lot about a little, you know. Mm -hmm. It's, um, I see that in real estate too. I think I was talking to Ashton earlier. We were talking, a guy sends me a message and he's like, hey, I don't have a lot of money. So should I flip a house first or should I? And, he, and when he says that, like, oh, just flipping a house is easy. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you realize that involves skill. Yeah. Like you have to be a skilled carpenter. And capital. You have to have capital. You have to find a property that's undervalued. Like these aren't just nonchalant things you can just decide to do. These are things that people like are skillful. Mm -hmm. But you watch HGTV and they make it look like, oh, my first flip. Oh, yeah. It's all bullshit. Yeah, it's they, a lie. They did all this in a 30-minute episode. Right. Like they didn't show you 90%. Right. And I can, I've met people where a flip ruined their life. It ruined their credit. They couldn't get the house going. There was more things than they thought. And they end up losing $50,000 on the flip. Or they get sued. They get sued, you know, and they can't pull it off versus, and we were talking about that, being a landlord, I don't have to make it look that good. Mm -hmm. It just needs to be good enough to rent. Yeah, because we were talking about like, oh, when you, whenever you do a fix and flip. It's got to be nice. An inspector is going to come in right. and then ring you a new one. An inspector is going to inspect your work. And you haven't, I don't know if people realize this, like carpentry is a skill. Putting in drywalls is a skill. Putting in lights is a skill. People go to school for that. To kind school of stuff. to learn. So yeah. to think that to be all so audacious that you're just going to buy a house and oh, I'm just going to fix it up. And it's like, dude, you've never done that. Right. You have. You're delusional. We we're talking about grand delusions or what? Trading is the same way. Like I'm gonna roll up in here and maybe in a year or two I'm gonna trade for a living. It's like you're completely delusional. Yeah, and if you happen to take your first trade and <laughs> and hit a hundred percent gainer, yes. you're. I promise right. you, that's doing more harm than good. <laughs> right. Because now you think you got figured out. Right. And this is this is easy money. So, so. you want to live to trade. And like I live to invest in real estate. I love doing it. Do I make money at it? Yes. Do I make money trading? Yes. I make money writing books too. I wouldn't advise people to try to make a living writing books. Yeah. 
You That's make, a hard living. You make money selling t-shirts. I make money selling t-shirts. I am not a fashion designer, right? So, but because any one of these things is so not the thing, I can come at it easy. So if these fail and nobody buys a t-shirt, it doesn't affect me. Right. So it makes it easy to create t-shirts. And because if no one buys my book, I'm still going to eat. It makes it easy to sell books. And, and, and just from a sales salesperson standpoint, if people feel like you're like you need this sale, right? They're if not. Gonna you can tell. Them. You can tell when someone that if they yeah. really need the job when they interview, you can tell. Yeah. And you don't want to trade from that perspective. You want to trade for the rest of your life. You're trading. If you're an engineer, you're a trader. If you are a stay-at-home mom, you're also slash a trader. Yeah. And and. Uh, my Uber driver, I told you when I was on the way over here, I don't know if you guys do this. Whenever I meet someone, I ask them, do you own any Bitcoin? I ask everyone this. Every dealer, I've been in Harris the last two, well, yesterday and today, and I asked three different dealers, do you own any Bitcoin? And they go, no. And I said, that's really stupid. And they look at and me. I, and I guarantee, I guarantee you, your driver. He did. He, he's he's, he's going to, well, if he wasn't, it, or if he didn't. He's going to think about it. Later on tonight, he's going to be right. thinking about Right, so this, on the way over to Ashton's house, I asked the guy, I said, hey, man, you own any Bitcoin? And he goes, I own more Ethereum than Bitcoin. And I was like, oh, my okay, man. my bad. What's up, man? And then we started talking, and he's like, yeah, I trade crypto. And I'm like, get out of here. And he's like, yeah. And I said, man, I'm going to interview a trader right now. And then we started talking. Boom, he followed me on Instagram. And then I was like, man, if you don't buy my book, man, something's wrong with you. That's what I told him when I was kidding. That, that's, that's how it's done, man. That's how it's done. It, like, when people say, you know, I'm sure you get this too, it's just like on Instagram. Like, how are you growing on Instagram? One person at a time. One person at a time. Everywhere I go, I mean, if I leave my home, like to go to New York or go here, this costs me money. So everyone that I interact with, I need to follow. So if I'm talking, if I'm at the blackjack table and I'm like, and I'll tell the guy, I'm like, what are you, in, as we're sitting there talking, what are you guys investing in? Everybody's Literally, almost every time, duh, right? Like yeah. they're not investing in anything. Well, I got some money in my four hundred one k. Right, yeah. and I tell them just so you guys know, that's all fucking stupid. Yeah, you guys are all gonna be poor. You should invest. So if they've never heard that in their life, when I walk away, that's in their head. This yeah. guy just said I'm stupid, <laughs> and I try to you know I try to leave with that. And I've had so many people follow me from having those conversations. And then so many say, hey, I read your free ebook. I've got to do something. Yeah. And just from that interaction of me bumping up to him. And last night, our thing, there was that older couple there. Mm-hmm. Dude, that guy's a dentist. His, I think they both are. Yeah, well, I knew his wife ran the office. These were like, oh, okay. they're in their 60s yeah. looking at me and you for trading or an investing. And uh, kudos to them because they were very He's attentive. a doctor. They were very attentive to what right. I was telling them. Right. You know, and... I can appreciate that. What if I could have bumped into him 20 years ago and go, you know, you're stupid for not investing. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not stupid. I'm a doctor. No, you're stupid. No, just, just like what you say. And this is, this it, is, it, this jarred is him, it jarred him and he goes, that guy's kind of right. Well, I'm not. There's a lot of broke ass doctors right. and lawyers out there. And that was him. And he's like, man, I got to fix this. I got to get my money into, into something. And I'm like, look, maybe I'm not your guy, but I am the voice in your head saying you need to do this and find the the person that's going to be there for you or the or the direction or what you're comfortable with or what you like right. and it's probably not a big bank and i'm not saying don't go to a financial advisor maybe you should but be real selective in the one you go to yeah and i gave him two that i think are, are worth going to and if you do go into somebody make sure your goals are very very clear right and 
that he could have bumped into us on social media or Instagram. It's cool, man. It's cool. I like it. And, and the way the way that, that social media works now is, um, whenever I say one person at a time, chances are that one person is going to tell ten, ten, twenty. It, it, it's. I was telling Matt this because he's asking about growing his Instagram, and I said, "Here's what you first. You got to be honest. Be legit. Just do what you do." Don't try to fake it. Don't be like Good Morning America. Like, hello, Karen. Like, don't do that. Yeah. Be you. Whatever that is. You know, for me, I curse a lot. I don't hide it. I don't want to pretend. I'm just going to be myself. Right. And if that's not you, then don't be me. Don't rant if you don't rant. Well, I rant in real life, so well, I do that on video. And for people consuming the content. Right. Like, sometimes... You got to cut through that. If you don't like it, you got to cut through it to see what the actual message is. <laughs> right. right. And, and, and sometimes the way I deliver it isn't for you. But there is someone out there who is for you. And, and for me, is blueprints. You were talking about this last night. I've met three people that radically changed my life. I didn't know them. We didn't become buddies. Well, one of them I became friends with. But they were just chance encounters. Mm -hmm. And the thing they said or the thing they did or the blueprint changed the way that I looked at something, which caused a chain reaction in other things. Right. And so I was 29 years old. I went on a vacation and I was doing a little stock trading. I had $14,000 saved. And when I, I, it was my wife's best friend from third grade. Mm -hmm. And they want to go on vacation together. I don't know these people. That sounds like a horrible idea to me. But I went because, you know, you got to do shit you don't want to do sometimes, right? right? So I go and I meet this guy. He's a bona fide millionaire. Not big time. He has like two million bucks. Mm -hmm. And here's the cool thing. He, but he has a lot more now. He, yeah, he's worth like 12, 15 million. Right. And he was open about it. A lot of people are secretive about their money. If that guy would have been secretive, my life would not be where it is today. Yeah. And because he was so open about investing in money and he goes, you should be buying real estate. Don't be stupid. Like... And I'm like, whoa, this guy's called me stupid. Yeah. And I'm like, well, he's got $2 million and I don't. So maybe I'll entertain him for a minute. Right. And I sat and listened to him and he kicks a pencil and he draws down. He's like, if I had your 14 grand and was doing what you would do, here was what I'd do. And he broke down how to buy a house. And then he said, go get another 14, do it again. Then come back and borrow from the first one and buy the third one. Then go do that again. And he just, in a very fast, just wrote it down and slid it to me. Sometimes that's all it takes. And I'd never met anyone who had done that. And then I left there and I literally went and bought two houses and then, you know, went on from there and I kept doing stocks and there were other people in the stock world, but he was it in the real estate world and changed the direction of my life by just him confronting me mm -hmm. and saying, Hey, I have money. You don't listen. Well, it's just like what Jesus says in the Bible. All it takes is a mustard seed. A mustard seed, man. And that's so true. Man, it's so, so true. true. And I mean, and it, it may not be a, a seed that, that's planted in your brain that you even recognize right now. Right. It could be a seed that's planted and you don't even recognize that it's there until a month down the road or a year. Right, 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 right. Well, I guess we'll wrap up. We have to do it again, man, because I know we could talk for days on end. We could, yeah. For sure, easily. Um, All right. You're actually the first guest I've ever had on my podcast. Pleasure to be the first. <laughs> I should have worded that differently. <laughs> right, right, right. But that's, that's good, man. I need to do more of these. Um, let's see. Let me pull on.
Yes, yes. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the Science of Getting Rich podcast. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Ashton Nolan. Um, you can find him on Instagram. At, what's your handle? At Ashton Nolan, all one word. All one word. Um, also, if you go to my Instagram, I know a lot of you follow me. I linked to him on there a couple posts back. There's a picture of me and him about our, our, uh, our, our, our uh, little meetup we had. If you don't have a copy of my free ebook, you don't have to die broke. As always, just hit my bio link and I would be happy to send you a free e-copy. Um, physical copy is only $20. I'd be happy to sign it for you. If there's anything I can do for you, just let me know. God bless.